0: Welcome to episode number two of Cass County Conversations. I'm Randy Smith along with Kate Stowe and today we're discussing more about Founders Day coming up September 10th here in Atlanta celebrating the 150th birthday of Atlanta. And uh, Kate, you were telling me a lot a lot of new activities on Founders Day, a lot of new updates brother.
1: Yes, it is official. The street dance on the evening of September 10th. We will have the Captain Joe Band.
0: Captain Joe Band. Captain
1: Joe Band.
0: Who is the Captain Joe Band? The
1: Captain Joe Band is named for Captain Josephus Tyson who was a captain in the Confederate Army and his descendants were the Tysons of of Atlanta and the lead singer of Captain Joe is Wade Tyson. He's an Atlanta alumni class of 82 and uh, it's his family and friends and their bass player Rick Hagler was the bass player for Percy Sledge for 20 years.
0: Impressive.
1: Very impressive. And we've got them, we have secured them as our talent for um, the Night of the Street Dance, Saturday, September 10th, and we get to sell alcohol. We'll have uh, wine and beer sales. Um, We've got some rules and stuff that we're gonna follow, but it's gonna be It's going to be a party like Atlanta's never had before. It's going to be awesome. It really, really is. And our um, scholarship pageant. I've got news about that. The Atlanta Area Rotary Club is sponsoring the pageant they are giving a thousand dollars five hundred for the crowns and and miscellaneous stuff needed for the pageant plus five hundred dollars for the scholarship for the uh girl crown miss atlanta okay we do have some um some uh uh, what do you call it Uh, considerations or rules that they have to. yeah some rules and we'll have those on the atlanta texas history facebook page Coming up very shortly as far as what it's going to take to to win that five hundred dollars There will be an essay involved some interview questions um, Stipulations as far as they have to be um, a Graduate of Atlanta high school or a senior at Atlanta high school enrolled in dual credit courses or already in college um, and an honor grad so
0: And when is is the pageant? The
1: pageant is September 3rd. It's a a week before the Founder's Day event. And the winner of that, the Miss Atlanta winner, will oversee a lot of the festivities of Saturday, September 10th. Okay. And I'm really looking forward to it. It's just so exciting. And if you are... interested in helping to put this party on, if you want to be a sponsor, we have different sponsor levels. A platinum sponsor is a $1,000 and you will get your name on the back of the t-shirt. And we are taking orders, pre-sale orders for t-shirts. The t-shirts are $20. They're maroon 50-50 blend, so they're not going to shrink. And they've got the atlanta 150 logo on the front and a list of the platinum sponsors on the back the deadline for pre-sale and the deadline for platinum sponsorship is june 1st so get your order in now um the atlanta founder's day committee will be accepting checks and money for that and you can send that to the chamber and they're collecting the stuff they're collecting our mail for us and i go by and get the mail and deposit it in our account um But, yeah, we're looking for more sponsors. We need lots of sponsors.
0: And, of course, the the sponsorship form and all that is on the Facebook page. It's on the
1: Facebook page, Atlanta, Texas History. Go to that Facebook page. You can find the sponsorship form. uh, Print it out. Fill it out. Send it in with your check. Um, Like I said, there's different sponsorship levels. The top one is platinum. It's 1,000. And we have uh, the 150... 250 500 750 and then of course you can just sponsor however much you want or you can order your t-shirts there's a place on the form for the sizes and the amount of the that size you need and the shirts are $20 each okay and they're being printed here locally by gecko uh, designs
0: okay and when will shirts be ready
1: well, the shirts should be ready in, uh, I want to say in July. In
0: July, okay. Yeah,
1: so you'll have them well in advance.
0: So you can wear them and advertise. Yes, you can bag. wear
1: them and advertise for us. That's great. It'll have the, the 150 logo, which you can see on our Facebook page.
0: Okay. You, you brought an article that you had written for yes. the paper a couple weeks ago. You want, want to... Tell us what that is.
1: Every week this year, I am putting a historical article in the Cass County Citizens Journal Sun, uh, the newspaper I write for. And in doing so, I'm doing a lot of research. I'm going back through old papers, um, books in the library, in the genealogical uh, part of the library. There's all kinds of books in history on, on Atlanta. And I'm putting all the information together and I came across these articles that were written in 1916 by a local man, uh, T.R.A. Willis. Now, people may know the Willis name from Lupton Willis, who had, uh, he was the mayor of Queen City at one time, and he owned a lot of land in Queen City. Um, The Willises have been around here since we started. They're some of the founders of Atlanta, and T.R.A. Willis, was quite the character, and he wrote these great articles for the journal, recalling his his time when he first came to Atlanta. And um, he wrote about the the naming of Cass County. Do you, do you know how the name?
0: I have no idea.
1: You have no idea. I have
0: no idea how we got.
1: Did you know we used to be part of Red River County?
0: part of Red River? I did yes. not know that.
1: Red River County, where Clarksville is, encompassed all of the, the area when Texas first became a state.
0: Okay. I was thinking at one time we were part of Miller County in Arkansas. Maybe, seems like somebody came to Lions Club and was telling us that.
1: Um, or maybe
0: I wasn't paying attention.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, people came down through Miller County into uh, the Sulphur River has well, always been the border there so we weren't part of anything above the sulfur river now um bowie county we were part of uh well let me just read red river county the original county was founded in 1836 and organized in 1837. its territory included the present counties of bowie cass and marion in 1840 bowie county was formed from red river and organized in 1841 old boston was made the county seat when bowie county was formed it included the territory of cass and marion bowie county was named for james bowie of alamo fame cass county was created from bowie and organized in 1846 its territory was bounded on the north by the Sulphur river on the east by arkansas and louisiana on the south by the lake cypress river a west south of the now Marion County and the present west lines of both Cass and Marion. Its area was 1,229 square miles and the county was named for General Cass of Ohio. And Willis writes, Here I will give a brief biographical sketch of General Cass. He was born in New Hampshire in 1782. He, with his parents, moved to Ohio in 1800. In 1802, at the age of 20, he was admitted to the bar and began to practice law at Zanesville. In the War of 1812, he was Colonel of the Third Ohio Volunteers and was later appointed Colonel of the 27th Infantry. He was shortly afterwards promoted to Brigadier General. At the close of the war, he was appointed governor of the territory bordering on Lake Michigan. In 1820, he explored the upper lakes and headwaters of the Mississippi. In 1831, he became Secretary of War in President Jackson's cabinet. In 1836, he was sent as minister to France. In 1845, he was elected to the U.S. Senate from Michigan. In 1848, he ran for president against General Zachary Taylor. In 1849, he was re-elected to the Senate. He was again a candidate for president in 1852, resulting in another debate defeat in 1856 he was an ardent supporter of mr buchanan's and was secretary of state in president buchanan's cabinet in 1860 he resigned because the president refused to reinforce major anderson at fort sumter and general cass espoused the cause of the union Because he cast his lot with the Union, the legislature of Texas changed the name of Cass County from Cass to Davis in honor of Jeff Davis, president of the Confederate States. Did you know that?
0: I did not know that.
1: Yes. At the close of the Civil War, the name was changed back from Davis to Cass. Wow. Yes. And he goes on to say... That Marion County was created in 1860, the year before the Civil War began, and was named for Francis Marion, the Swamp Fox of the Revolution. Its area was 384 square miles, leaving Cass with 945 square miles. Its present area.
0: Okay. Do you know that Cass County square miles, square mileage, is one of the biggest counties in Texas? I
1: didn't know that.
0: I don't. I Do you know <laughs>
1: how many counties there are in Texas? Two
0: hundred and fifty-six. 50 cents? 56, I believe. Okay, it's somewhere around right there. I don't
1: there. know. We should Google.
0: We'll, we'll have to Google that. We'll let sure.
1: we'll let our listeners I, tell I us it, if we're wrong. I, think, <laughs> I,
0: I always said I've always thought two fifty four, but maybe wrong. Oh well, but I may be mile, wrong. Square mileage wise, we're one of the biggest.
1: We are. Mm-hmm. We are area miles. We we have the biggest mm-hmm. area of any county. Yeah. Um, we don't have the biggest population um, though.
0: No. no, not by. I mean, but you, you, you think about it, I mean to go from one side of Cass County to the other side of Cass County, it's gonna take you forty five minutes.
1: For uh, forty
0: five minutes. From yeah. blo- from Bloomberg to Hugh Springs or from Bloomberg to almost Naples. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big county.
1: It is a big county. It's and it's very big. Precinct
0: is a precinct two? It's the biggest precinct in the county. It's got a way more my Rome.
1: Right. Is it Rome. two or three? I think it's
0: two. Okay. Because two encompasses from like Douglasville all the way to Naples. I think probably two and three are the two biggest.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well there are four precincts under yeah. that. Yeah. Um. we'll see. Other fun facts about Cass County. We were just put in congressional district one after being in four. Right. Did you know that? I did. We are now in Congressional District One. Um, last night at the Rotary meeting, uh, Representative Gary Van Diever came and spoke to us about our districting, and um, we're kind of in limbo right now because they made this change, and they hadn't they they put us under him, and we weren't there before, so he's getting to know us. Right. And so that was that was interesting. And he's
0: from New Boston. Yes, correct. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, he was born in Clarksville,
0: okay. but he lives in New Boston. He in the Boston area.
1: He was he's a retired teacher. He's a doctor.
0: Okay.
1: He's a doctor of education. Very interesting man. Um, taught school at New Boston uh, until he decided to run for state representative.
0: Okay. Another. Uh, question about Cass County. Has Linden always been the county seat? Uh, No. When we were... um, Before
1: Marion County was made a county, Jefferson was our county seat. Okay. And like I said, they broke off in... When was it? 1860? That's when Marion County was created.
0: But But since Cass County was actually... The area it is now. That's when London was made the capital? Yes,
1: yes, yes. I haven't found any information to the right. contrary.
0: Well, the courthouse over there was built probably 1860 Uh, 1856. Yeah.
1: hmm
0: So, okay. That's when Jefferson
1: was the capital, that that's why, um, I want to say that's why Colin Baker was buried over there. Okay. They had, they took him to the county courthouse for, or maybe that was district. I'm I've got so much history in my head I'm, I'm getting confused yeah. on my on my history. But um, you know T R A Willis he wrote about when he first came to Texas in 1864. And he says uh, if you'll recall last week we talked about Preston Rose Scott mm-hmm. who donated the land. Okay, he writes, Captain P.R. Scott lived on a hill just west of where Atlanta now stands in a hewn log house. A hewn log house. That means the logs were made by hand. Okay. Just across on the south side of Linden Road, and a little west of the south line from the house, was a row of houses used for his slaves. At that time, the main public road from Jefferson to Fulton, Washington, Rockport, and Little Rock, Arkansas, ran north and south about 100 yards east of Captain Scott's residence, crossing Sulphur River at Line Ferry. Now, looking, if we look at a map of Atlanta and Going by his directions, it seems that Captain Scott's home was located near the present west end of Miller Street. Somewhere okay. where, where the loop is now. Somewhere along those lines. On the east side of this Jefferson and Line Ferry Road and south of the present Atlanta and Linden Road stood an old antebellum horse gin with an old-style lever press. There was about a hundred bales of cotton stored in the seed in the gin house and pens when I passed there in 1864, which had been grown and gathered by Captain Scott's slaves in 1861, the year the last cotton was grown by slaves in the South. Now, that's interesting. 1861 was the last year that slaves were used in the South for cotton. Mm-hmm. And this explains why, in my family history, I've got lots of pictures of, of my ancestors in the fields uh, picking cotton. We all did it. It wasn't... Right. Yeah, we all worked our own fields and, and did our own stuff after 1861. Um, and it says... At the time, all the territory from where the city prison stands... That's interesting. We had a prison, right, a, kin- a city kin- prison. prison, and it was across from the fire department. In 1916, he said it was across from the fire department. Now, I did some research, and on the east to the south line on the cemetery, Pine Crest Cemetery, to a east and west line about 600 yards long south of Frank Bivens' prison home on Taylor Street, to the Jefferson and Line Ferry Road on the west was a freshly opened field with a great deal of dead timber. Now, the old fire department seems to be, if we're looking at Taylor Street, where Taylor Street is, pretty much along the same, around the same area where it is now. On South Louise, where Taylor Street mm, yeah. is? Yeah,
0: Taylor Street goes to South Louise. Yeah.
1: Uh, I don't know where Frank Bivens' house was in
0: 1916, well, I'm, I'm but gonna, I'm going to guess he—he's the Bivens and Bivens Tri Stadium. I believe so, and that would make sense. Bivens Tri
1: Stadium was probably built on his land, Frank Bivens, and that's uh, why the and the fire department being out there now is is. Uh, Makes a lot of sense cuz in 1916 apparently it was over there too. Okay. Oh wow. See? I love how history comes together yeah. when you put those puzzles together. It's great. In 1869, T.R.A. Willis wrote of an encounter with Colin Baker.
0: He was a bad guy.
1: He was a he was a very bad guy. He said um, he he had just moved with his father to the old home place known recently as the O'Neill Farm. Now, the O'Neill Farm in 1916, I'm not quite sure where that was. In 1868, he traveled through the county going to and returning from Washington, Arkansas. Now, another fun fact, Washington, Arkansas, at one time, was the Confederate capital. I knew that. Have you ever been to old historic Washington? Yes. Oh, isn't it great? It's a neat place. If if y'all have never been to historic Washington, it's not that far away. It's um, an hour this side of Hope, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's really cool. Uh, all the old homes and businesses are still the old buildings they used to be. The old Capitol, the old building they used as the Confederate Capitol, is there. Um, people dress up like like that, kind of like we're gonna do for the Founders yeah. Day. Yeah, it's really cool. Okay, so he traveled through Washington and he crossed the Sulphur River at Line Ferry. He mentioned this because, he said, I mentioned this because I was ferried across the river by Colin Baker and his Lieutenant Kirby. From what I learned afterwards, Baker had hung Tom Orr the day before. I did not know Baker was ferryman, nor did I know that the man pulling me across was Baker. If I had, I think I would have cold chills chasing up and down my spine. I knew of him and that he was a desperate character. He was then an outlaw and outlawed. My father and I lived in Jefferson, and the morning we left there to come to look at the O'Neill farm, Colin Baker and Kirby were brought to Jefferson in a wagon as corpses. They had been killed two days before by Joe Davis and some friends from about 12 or 15 miles northwest of where Atlanta now stands. Of course, we know this is in the Bloomberg area. Yeah. Mr. Orr, the man Baker hung, but not to death, was with Joe Davis. There was a reward of $5,000, dead or alive, hence the body was taken to Jefferson to the U.S. authorities to be identified. Joe Davis refused to participate in the reward, so Tom Orr collected the reward and moved to Texarkana. Of course, we know he used that money to open lots of car lots. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I, I I Loving car Carlisle in
1: 1869, but that is some of the the interesting history of our county. Um, I you, you, love you, reading the you history. You mentioned
0: a few times line ferry.
1: Line ferry.
0: What is that?
1: Uh... Line ferry. If you're familiar with the Doddridge ravana area. Uh-uh. Um, over there close to Bloomberg. Um, a lot of people are familiar with Bright Star School. Right. In that area, there was a line ferry where Sulphur River comes across. There was a ferry. The ferry is now docked. Right.
0: In downtown Dodge
1: Yes, in downtown I Ridge.
0: Rode that many times. In fact, yes. I've got, got video somewhere of the last ferry ride when they opened the bridge.
1: Oh, wow. The... Um, yeah, before they built the bridge. The ferry was in operation from the 1860s, and, or further back than that, until,
0: what, 30 in, years ago? Uh, mid-90s, late-90s. Yeah. Uh, yeah, probably like I've not, written
1: it. So, the, yeah. we used to just go to, to ride it.
0: Well, I'm from Spring Hill, and the only, one of the ways to get from here to Spring Hill... Was,
1: was the ferry.
0: Was the ferry. Oh, wow. And... Coming from this side, you you never knew if the ferry was open or closed. So, but coming from this side, it wasn't that big of a deal because if you got to the ferry and it was closed, it was only a couple of miles back to 71. Yeah, take it to go to Plain Dealing. But if you were coming from Spring Hill, coming from and that side, and it was closed, and it was closed, it oh, was 20 wow. miles, 17 or 20 miles back to uh, alternate route.
1: Oh, so wow! So we
0: we found another way to get. Get to Spring Hill, and we started going that way. going that way. I, I, I would still go go the ferry route just for fun. Have you ever boated on the Sulphur and Red? Never boated on the Sulphur.
1: I think that would be interesting. You know, the back in the day, um, ships came up from New Orleans
0: mm-hmm.
1: on the Red River, and then um, went over to Jefferson. Yeah. The waterway there, it was a big boating...
0: Jefferson was a big boat back in the back in the day.
1: And at, at one point, um, one of the big boats actually burned right there close to Jefferson as okay. it was coming into the dock. And there's still um, some remnants there Wow! of the ship.
0: I did not know that.
1: There is a place in Jefferson you can take a train ride...
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh. To see the alligators, they have they have a new alligator farm. Did you okay, know that?
0: Right. I knew there was an alligator farm over there somewhere.
1: Yep, you can take the train and go see the alligators, and they'll take you by and they'll show you where the wreck was, where the where the boat you know caught fire and everything, and you can go um, watch them feed the alligators. Okay, it's really interesting. It's a it, if you don't is have it, anything is else it the to same do, train
0: that's been there. It's the same train, yeah.
1: Just go to the train station in Jefferson. Um, I took my uh, seven-year-old granddaughter. And she was like, you know, she was a little bit bored. And we get there, and we see the alligators, and then she was just like, Oh, my gosh, so if you've got a kid that you want to impress, who's hard to impress, who likes to be in their tablet all the time... Take them to see the alligators. When they throw the chicken in and the alligators fight over it, yeah. it's something to see. It really is.
0: I haven't, I haven't taken the train ride since they had the alligators.
1: You should do that. Yeah. You should do that. Those alligators are something.
0: Jefferson's a real neat place, too. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. You can you, you spend a day there.
1: Oh, yeah. You can, you can spend all day looking in the shops and... Walking around a lot of history there, too.
0: Yeah,
1: um, this, well, this well, one let's of my get favorites.
0: back to Cass County,
1: yeah, yeah. But well, uh, I mean, you know, yeah. we took a side trip,
0: took a side trip, yeah. Founders uh, <laughs> Day, uh, coming up, Founders Day,
1: September 10th. We've got um, the big street dance, we've got the softball game. There'll be a form coming up on the Facebook page for the softball if you want to play. Um, you fill out the form and send in $25 uh, entry fee. That will get you your, your T-shirt. Um, we'll pick teams randomly. We'll have the Lumberjacks and the Engineers. And it's the first Founders Day softball. The winner gets to um, claim winner status for a year.
0: <laughs> bragging rights.
1: Bragging rights. You get bragging rights. We'll, um, we'll award trophies, medals, whatever they're, they're going to do. Uh, Randy Sullivan's in charge of that. Very capable. Everybody who knows Randy, they know him as the mailman that just retired. And they also know he's really big into softball. Right. He knows what he's doing. Um, the pageant, also that night, September 3rd, at the Maddie Ritchie Center, Shelly Inslee, Crystal Dawn, and Lisa Thompson are taking care of that for me. They're they're awesome. Um, and then the time capsule, we're going to open it up on the 9th. and uh, all of the all of the contents of the time capsule will be displayed in the old Miller Grade School building on Miller Street the day of September 10th during the Founder's Day Fair. You can go in and. Um, I think we talked a little bit about this last week just about every kid in Atlanta has something in that time capsule if you were in school in Atlanta in 1972 you've got something in there so it's gonna be awesome and if you know that your parents or your grandparents put something in there you can claim it and this this will be really neat Um, some of the older people who were alive at that time um, Put stuff in there. And wouldn't it be neat to find a letter from your grandparent? Yeah,
0: that would be awesome.
1: That would be awesome. I just, I cannot wait. We are also going to be accepting items to put back into the time capsule. And I have to mention that Hannah Funeral Service is going to pull this vault up for us, open it, and rebury it. And the vault is located, if you don't know where it's located, it's in the empty field at the corner of Louise and Alday by the police department, which used to be City Hall. Right. And there's a big empty field, and there's a monument right in the middle of that field. And it says, uh, time capsule to be opened September 9th, 2022. And that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to open it up at noon. September 9th 2022 we're going to take the contents over to the Miller grade school We're going to put them on display and you can see the contents all day long Saturday Uh, That's something that that's that right there is enough to come to town for just to see if your grandparent left you something in there
0: Just to to see the I mean How much I mean we're we're only talking 50 years but you think about it How much has the world changed in 50
1: yeah. years. Yeah. we Atlanta's changed quite a bit in fifty yeah. years.
0: That will the last twenty or thirty years, I mean.
1: I know. Yeah. I left here in two thousand five and was gone for fifteen years and came back and it changed a lot while yeah. I was gone. Yeah,
0: I, mean, I I moved here in nineteen seventy two. So I just barely missed the Yeah,
1: you barely missed
0: it. Uh but just to think how, how Atlanta has changed changed in 50 years. I mean, the Loop was here. I don't remember a whole lot being there. Right. And, uh,
1: The Loop, I remember the Loop as a two-lane road.
0: Uh, it may have been
1: four lanes, but it was not divided. I remember when they built it. Yeah. We were living at the corner of Mockingbird and Hummingbird. <coughs> close to the loop when I was born and when I was four or five we moved out to Lost Chapel. My my daddy decided he wanted to live out in the country because they were building that big old loop. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> wanted to get away from that. So we moved out to the country then. But I, yeah, I I've seen so many changes in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. I, I just gave away my age, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, well. We're, we're old.
1: Yeah, we're old. We're that.
0: Gen- I had. I had somebody call me uh, after the first podcast. We we were discussing it. and He said, "What's really scary is not to know that we're that generation now. We're the historic generation."
1: I you know. know, but I've always loved history. I've always. I, been into it and it's I don't know how to get people interested in history I'm interested in so when people act like they don't they don't care about that stuff it, I it, i can't fathom it why yeah. why don't you want to know
0: yeah you want it, to it's, it's interesting to find out where where you come from and or yeah. Atlanta and Queen City and Cass County, you know. Like I said, this it, just in fifty years since yeah. I've been here. I mean, I mean, I'm sure the loop was probably a four lane road back then. I can't remember, but it probably was. It wasn't divided, I know, right? But it it was probably four lane. I don't ever probably remember. Probably four. I lane. don't remember it being two lane, but it may. Have, Parts of it was
1: yeah. Part
0: I mean I, don't, I mean I don't know,
1: it could be four. It could have been four lanes. Somebody somebody will correct yeah. us. That's fine. I need to make our Facebook page. We'll have a Facebook yeah. page coming out. Look for it. It'll be Cass County Conversations. You can comment on our shows. You can correct us when we're wrong. You can um, post on there things that you want us to talk about anything going on in Cass County is there anything else going on in Cass County Uh I'm sure there's yeah. a lot going on
0: wildflower trails oak, wildflower
1: trails is this coming up yeah up have you been day. out to see the wildflowers
0: uh, I haven't
1: they're everywhere
0: are they
1: everywhere? yeah they're everywhere I uh, red clover and Indian paintbrushes and blue bonnets
0: We'll go to my wife's mom's tomorrow. She lives in Mount Pleasant, or just the side of Mount Pleasant. Yeah. 77 is usually a good good place to... It is. uh, We went a couple weeks ago, and we found there was a couple good spots.
1: Well, the Wildflower Trails encompasses the triangle of Hughes Springs, Avenger, and Linden. Mm -hmm. And I drove through there twice, down 155, going to... uh, a doctor's office in Longview. And twice this week I went by there and I was just taken aback about how beauty, how much beauty there is in Texas. And other states don't get this. Right. Do you know how wildflower trails came to be? No. In the early 1900s, they started planting all these flowers around here. And then the um, highway department Texas Highway Department in I want to say 1916 1918 maybe it was later than that they started planting them on the side of the road to help with um, erosion it helps with anyway it's a beautification process but it also has a another use also it, it's and my mind just went blank. Yeah. I'm sorry. Somebody can tell. Us. <laughs> yeah, somebody can tell us. <laughs> but the wildflowers started and over the years the Howie Department realized that if they would stop mowing, a lot of and this is a a lot of people want to know why they don't mow until it seems like it's so late. They just let it get overgrown. Well they're not letting it get overgrown. They're letting the wildflowers recede. When the wildflowers bloom, and they give off their pollen, and they they have their seeds. When the wildflowers start to die, their seeds are left on the ground, and they reseed themselves. Meaning they'll come back yeah. year after year after year after year. So the highway department in Texas decided that they were going to put off mowing each spring until after the wildflowers recede. So okay. that's a fun fact.
0: Yeah, did not know that.
1: Yeah, and uh, Lady Bird Johnson. Got in on the act, and she started the preservation of the wildflowers in Texas. And she was in charge of sending counties packets of seeds every year. Her organization did this, and I thought that was really neat. And the highway department planted the seeds, and they let them reseed each spring before they mow over them. So if you ever get to a right of way and it it, you're having trouble seeing, you now you know why. Yeah
0: to wait till that wildflower recedes.
1: Yes, and then they'll mow. Okay. They're not being lazy; they've got a schedule. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, we need to wind it down for this week. We'll oh have... well,
1: I was having fun yeah. talking.
0: <laughs> Time flies when you're having fun.
1: <laughs> and I do have fun with you, Randy.
0: Thank you. Me too. Uh, so we'll sign off for now. Sign we'll off have... for
1: now, and we'll be back next week. We'll be
0: back next week, we'll have our Facebook up by next week.
1: Yes, we will. We will.
0: And we will. Tell everybody about the podcast, Cass County Conversations. Cass
1: County Conversations. Uh, look for the Facebook page. Look
0: for the Facebook page. Find us on Spotify and all the other places that you get your podcasts from. So uh, we'll see you next week. All right. And hopefully
1: we'll have a guest coming up soon. Okay. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.